Hello and welcome to the FanCast. I'm your host, Graham Eels, and today we're with Serena. How are you, Serena? Hello, Graham. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited about this. I'm super excited for having you on my podcast. I'm excited that we can do it with the quarantine. We can use Skype. You know, we're both comfortable <laughs> sitting at home in our pajamas. <laughs> exactly. I love so it. So you're, you're up pretty early. What makes you get up so early? <laughs> you know what? I feel guilty, actually. I feel like I've been waking up pretty late recently. Um, it, so obviously it's my job. Uh, and I try to get in some uh, kind of my own to-dos prior to starting work for the day. So, What is your occupation? So I work in marketing. Okay, that's pretty broad. <laughs> yeah, so I, right now, I'm kind of in between two jobs, actually. So I head the content department at a, a digital marketing agency in Playa Vista, and I'm also uh, starting my own agency. So that's taking a lot of time, but it's really wow. fun. Wow. <laughs> what made you want to start your own agency? Um, so interestingly, kind of so that I could travel more, I wanted a little bit more flexibility in my schedule. So, um, obviously, you know, running your own agency is a lot more work, um, but it also gives you a lot more of a flexible schedule. So, and it's your own, so you get to do a little bit more with it and make it your own. Exactly. Yeah. I can take on the clients that I want to take on and yeah, it's more on my terms. So I definitely so like what is a day in the life of working for you look like? <laughs> um, I think I'm a pretty, uh, I like to think I'm like good at teaching people and managing people, but, uh, I'm definitely very particular with, uh, how things are done. So it's kind of a balance, I guess. And so you got to make sure you're scheduled properly and then you have your meetings and you, you talk to, what do you talk to people about exactly? Um, so a lot of what I do is organic content. So unpaid content. So anything from like social media marketing to email marketing, um, long form, like blog articles, uh, press releases. That's a lot of what I do. Cause you, you have a pretty banging Instagram to be honest. Um, <laughs> so is that where you found a lot of your skills in marketing? Yeah. Being you know, able what? to market yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely picked up a lot of that. And, uh, that's something I, I'm looking to do more with my own agency is it's kind of uh, intimidating, right? To kind of be the the face of your brand, so to speak. But I know that that's really important, especially in the marketing space. You kind 100%. of have to rep your company. So uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I've definitely picked up a lot of skills though, just for my own account. And you've also, you've been all over the place. You've been traveling all over the world. Tell mm -hmm. me about some of the cool experiences that you've had traveling around the world. Yeah, so I have been to, I think, close to 30 countries now. Um, wow. Yeah, which is, it's cool because I'm young and like I recognize that it's a, you know, I'm very fortunate to be able to do that. And it's funny because people say, yeah, you travel so much. And like in my head, I feel like I don't. But then I like reflect back and I'm like, oh, yeah, I really do travel like a lot. <laughs> well, it's awesome. It's like, why not travel and see the world? You know, mm -hmm. there's so many beautiful areas. Do you have any favorite places? Yeah, so I would say my favorite place, hands down, is London. Um, I've been there a lot, and my my dad is from the UK. I a few generations back, I had family that grew up in London, so it kind of feels very familiar to me. Um, and I like that London is a very like 
it's cool and it's English, but it's also very culturally diverse. Um, there's amazing food. There's really dope shopping. Um, there's really cool, like different areas. So I would say London is definitely my, my favorite. Um, but I'm a big city girl. So like Paris, Tokyo, New York, um, LA, obviously love all of those places. When you go to New York, where do you stay? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I normally stay at, you know what? I can't remember because it's been a while. <laughs> that's so bad. And you know what? Like my memory for traveling is honestly terrible. I have to look back at pictures and videos to be like, oh yeah, yeah, I went there and I did this. And I'm like, that's not good. Um, it's because you've been to so many different places. It's like. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'll say it's that. <laughs> it's all clogged because you've been to so many different areas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll blame it on that for sure. But um, yeah, I don't, I cannot remember where I stay in New York. I've, I stayed at a few different places. I think my favorite place though was the one, um, which was close to Central Park and it's just a really cool modern hotel. So that was dope. Okay, so out of the, let's say, let's say everywhere you've been, give me the top three places that you can remember that you've been. The top three, so yeah, my top three are probably London, Paris and Tokyo. And why? Um, okay, yeah. So London, again, just really cool, culturally diverse, um, amazing food. Uh, people are friendly, dope shopping. Um, and also architecturally, like I love, uh, even though London's a little more modern, I think they've got really, really beautiful architecture. It's kind of a mix, right, of like older stuff and, and really new stuff. Paris, I think, is just, um, it's just so it's exactly what you would think it would be, right? It's just, again, amazing food, beautiful architecture, um, obviously, like, amazing galleries. Um, I really love Europe in general because it's so walkable. You know, like, you can just wander yeah. the streets and, and wander into bakeries or galleries, and, like, it's yeah. just fun. You're always discovering stuff. So, yeah, I definitely love Paris. And when I was in Paris, it was um, for New Year's. So we actually had... Uh, dinner at this amazing amazing restaurant um and we got to see the eiffel tower like sparkle when it turned uh midnight and it was the new year so nice. that was, yeah that was such a sick experience like unreal and then tokyo i love tokyo because it's it's just it's different like i hadn't been to asia before going there and people were so so kind um again just you can walk places and find really cool shops um, like culturally, there's just amazing, like fashion and food and it's just beautiful. That's a very interesting type of fashion in Tokyo. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So different. They like the big shoes and the, and the <laughs> like the fancy dresses and the, all the different silks and it's, it's interesting, super interesting. Mm -hmm. What do you think of those big shoes? Those like oversized, like nurse shoes. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's that sort of like Lolita, um, very kawaii style. And you know what? I used to be obsessed with that when I was like 12 years old. I thought it was the coolest thing. I was really into like anime and like, yeah, all of the Lolita fashion. Um, so I still have this like fascination with it. And I think it's really cool too, because obviously you have this kind of dichotomy of like the very intense, um, like, work culture in Japan and then you have these people that are sort of just kind of cultural rebels in a way you know they're doing things totally different they're living yeah. like by their own terms so it's it's really interesting to see that contrast 
what what are some things that you think about when you're putting together your own fashion? Because I always see you're always dressed perfectly. You always look great. So how do you do that? What do you think about? Um, you know what? It's a lot of like, and I feel like I'm still definitely finding my own personal style in a way. Um, it's definitely like continually evolving. Um, I would say it's a lot of like, obviously looking through Instagram and just finding inspiration and like influencer pages. Obviously fashion publications are really cool. I used to read a lot of like fashion magazines growing up. Um, and I've kind of stopped doing that, but it's something I definitely want to get back into because I think it's just, there's just so much out there. It's always changing. There's so many cool emerging designers. Um, and yeah, it's just, I would say though, honestly, the biggest thing is social media. And I feel like that's kind of consistent for like a lot of, um, young women, especially now. How, how long does it take you to pick a picture for your Instagram you have to let you got to look through the filters you got to look through like you probably take like a hundred photos oh I'm you know what I'm so bad and I'm so I feel like I'm very hard on myself with that kind of stuff right because I'm like oh I like this picture but I wish it was more this and I'm like you know what I took so many photos I should just suck it up and deal with it so that's also something that I'm definitely trying to kind of get better at and just like accept it and be like yeah like this picture looks good like I should just post it (laughs) but it's good having setting yourself a high standard you know because it 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 means that you work hard and you actually like care about the things you're showing the world oh for sure for sure yeah and and have you have you seen all the tiktokers oh my gosh are you a tiktoker (laughs) i am not a tiktoker but it's also something like it's kind of this joke in the marketing world right now that tiktok is this incoming wave that everyone's gonna have to accept and have to learn Yep. And I feel That's like watching totally it, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like watching TikTok videos, like I can see this. It also makes me feel old because I'm like, okay, this is the first kind of social media movement that I don't fully understand. You know? And I'm like, yeah, this well, is an age. To be I'm honest, I think it's like I think we're a little too old. Like I think the target <laughs> audience is like fucking like eight to fifteen year olds, sixteen year olds. <laughs> It's like very young. They like doing their like dance routines and like I get it. I get the appeal. But personally for me, watching just like little girls dance all day is just not my cup of tea, you know? It's like Right. It's good. That's good that it's not, you know. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like when you see like a fifty year old guy that has TikTok, it's kind of questionable, I'm not gonna lie. It's like a little questionable. It's like it's meant for younger people. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. No, there's definitely some, some accounts that you see with older people and you're like, why are you on here? Like, this yeah, is it's like, why, weird. why are you on here? Like I had it once and I scrolled and it was like, this is, this is a little weird. <laughs> it's like, and it's like, it's like, I'm not going to make like a dance, but at the same time, there's girls or guys that are getting famous off of this. So it mm-hmm. is a legitimate platform at the end of the day, if you know how to work with it. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I do think that like, over time, as it becomes more widely adopted, like it will um, start to skew a little bit older. Um, I think advertisers right now are trying to figure out the best way to kind of get in there. And it's really interesting too to see how brands are trying to integrate themselves into TikTok. And like some are doing better than others, you know, like some are like, yeah, this, this is definitely it. And other ones are like, this really missed the mark. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see like in the next couple of years, how uh, much more prevalent TikTok is going to become. 
Well, we it's not like we have a lot of social media. It's like Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat was it for so long. And now mm-hmm. that this is coming, it's kind of inevitable that it's going to take up a large portion of the space. It's already has like the most downloads out of any app or mm-hmm. social media app. It's 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 crazy. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. hundred um, percent. But it is cool. Like just the, the medium of it is very fascinating to me. You know, it's just these short little videos. And I really respect people that can do videos that are so quick and funny. You know, I'm like, I don't have that sense of humor. I don't know how to do that. Um, so it's very cool to watch. Yeah. And it's also, it's like a weird humor. Like for me, it's like, I wouldn't find it funny, but mm-hmm. obviously there's a lot of people out there that do find it funny. So you have to find out who exactly are the ones that are on TikTok every day grinding that make things so popular and will share your stuff. Totally, totally. And you know what? Like I tried when quarantine first hit, I tried to do the, you know, like the TikTok dance challenge because I was like, oh, how hard can it be? This looks so easy. And then you do it and you're like, this is fucking hard. Like, I, what? <laughs> you know, so it does kind of make you I'm like, OK, I, I actually really respect the the kids that are out there making a ton of these videos every day. Like it, it is it is real work. What What do you think about the the impact of social media for younger, younger kids? Um, cause it can be a little bit unhealthy when it's, when it's so integrated into these young people's lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's, you know, there's pros and cons, right? I mean, it's, it's so different and it's hard for me to conceptualize because obviously like we're kind of just outside of the cusp of the generation that really grew up like heavy on Instagram and, you know, all of these platforms. So I think the biggest thing that scares me is obviously like body image, um, because pictures are so heavily edited. And I think, especially as a kid, like you might not realize the extent of work that goes into an image. So, you know, like with magazines and stuff growing up, everyone knew that they were Photoshopped, like that wasn't a secret. But now I feel like there's a lot of ambiguity there. So I think that's, that's kind of the most harmful thing. Although I will say there are a lot of kind of body positivity accounts that are cropping up, which I'm really excited to see. And also like in the the marketing space, I think brands, because of this extreme um, editing you're seeing on social media, brands are kind of going in the opposite direction. Like you have brands like Dove that are super body positive. They don't edit their photos. Um, and I think that you're going to start to see more and more of that with brands because that's what really resonates with people. Yeah, exactly. It's like, cause there's this, there's this image of perfect that doesn't actually exist because mm-hmm. there's been like editing and all these things. Like when you look at a picture of Kim Kardashian, mm-hmm. it's been edited probably so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have like some of these younger people looking up and they're like, I want to be that when that is actually not even possible to be. It's like, mm-hmm. even if you go as hard as you can, she still has ridiculous amounts of editing to make everything look perfect. So people need to realize that, you know, just like be the best version of yourself. You know, you don't mm-hmm. you don't always need to be perfect because perfect doesn't exist. Just be really damn good and keep striving for perfection. A hundred percent. And I will say, like, I don't mean any shade by this comment, but being in L.A., obviously, I see a lot of like influencers and yeah. you see people in real life and you're like, okay, you're a real person, you know, like you see them and you expect to see influencers and be floored and be like, oh my gosh, it's like just this unreal being, right? Yeah. And then you see them and you're like, you're just a person, you know? Um, yeah. So that's been a really interesting thing for me. 
Yeah, ex- that that's true because when you always see them, especially uh, movie stars, they're always mm-hmm. in a role where they're doing like they never mess up and they're always mm-hmm. this like perfect image. Um, and then when you see them in your, real life, you're like, oh, wow, you're actually kind of short. And like, mm-hmm. oh, you're kind of like you, you don't carry your, you can't hold a conversation as well as I thought. You're actually kind of shy, you know, and it's like, oh, my God, it's a real person with real problems. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And so important to remember. So you've been what what sort of influencers have you ran into? Um, that's a really good question. I'm so I'm the kind of person where like I I have never been really into like celebrity culture um, or influencer culture. Like there aren't really influencers. There are accounts that I look at again for like fashion inspo and stuff. But there aren't really people that I'm like, oh, I'm so obsessed with her and like I need to see every post and everything. Like that's just not really something that I'm I've ever been interested in. So usually when I see people it's with friends and they'll point them out to me. They'll be like, oh, that's so-and-so. And then I look at them and I recognize them and I'm like, oh, oh, wow, yeah, okay. Um, but I'm usually like not the person to pick up on that right away. <laughs> there there must be a pretty wild party scene in LA. I feel like there definitely is, for sure, for sure. Um, and I've like, you know, like I have uh, friends that go to like Dan Bolzerian's parties and stuff, but obviously like I'm engaged. Like it's, it's super... Yeah. It would just be so weird for me to go. And, like, I wouldn't want to. Like, you know, like, it's just, it's such a different. It's more of the single life vibes. Exactly, exactly. Um, But, yeah, no, for sure, L.A., like, there's there's crazy stuff that goes down. (laughs) So when did when did you get engaged? So I got engaged in December and that was in uh, it was in the English countryside, which was really cool. And actually, interesting story about that. So, like. I was in, I was flying out from Vancouver because this uh, Christmas I spent with my family and then Antoine, my fiance spent with his family in LA, right? And so our thing was we were gonna fly to um, Heathrow airport and then get in like an hour apart. So I would get in an hour before him and then I would just wait for him. What ended up happening is my flight like went, you know, totally to plan, it was perfect. I got there, it was cool. His flight was delayed and then delayed and then delayed and then canceled. and I didn't know that he was going to propose, obviously. Like, we had talked about it, but we hadn't, obviously. Yeah. He, he told me, he's like, I don't want you to know when I'm going to propose. Obviously, I want it to be a surprise. Yeah. So um, he was, like, really, I could tell he was, like, really kind of agitated about, like, missing his flight. And I was like, it's okay. Like, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll be here. Like, I'm fine in London by myself. I've been here enough times. Like, who cares? Like, I can wait for you. Um, and he's like, no, no, no. Like, I need to get on this flight. I need to get on this flight. Um, and so we had, he had I knew that he had made this trip for us to go to the English countryside to see a place called Blenheim Palace, which is where um, actually Churchill proposed to his wife. So wow, yeah, okay. so it was really cool. Um, but so I knew I knew about that, and that's sort of my thing. Like I love like cultural historical uh, excursions and trips, and he likes that too. But it's definitely more of my thing. So I told him I was like, "Don't worry, like I'll go myself. Like that's totally like." you probably are not even that into it anyways. Like I'll see you when I see you, like it's not a big deal. Um, And I could see he was just so stressed about it. So he ended up getting in on a later flight. Um, And then, so so that worked out. And then the next day we go into the van because we had a little tour guide for this, which was also really cool. Um, And she's going over the itinerary with us. And she says, oh, so we're gonna see the palace, um, you know, earlier in the day and then we're gonna go do this and this. And he was upset because he was like, I thought we were going to go see the palace at night, like when the lights are out. And she was like, 
like, oh, we changed it because there's going to be a lot of kids around. And here I am thinking, like, who cares? Like, whatever. It's a palace. It's going to be beautiful. Like, it's not a big deal, right? But he was really upset about it. Um, and obviously, it wasn't until, you know, we got there and he proposed it. I was like, okay, like, all of this makes sense now. <laughs> like, you had this plan. <laughs> so uh, it was interesting and obviously really stressful for him, but it worked out. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, it ended up being a really uh, nice thing. So what are you guys going to do for the wedding? So it's <laughs> the wedding part is so complicated. Um, obviously, basically, we're going to do like a ceremony, uh, just the wedding itself first. And then we're going to have the whole big ceremony like down the line. Um, part of it is obviously like, you know, I'm Canadian. I'm here. Like, it, it just makes sense. Right. So I think we're actually going to do a Zoom wedding, which is just. The oh, fun- wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and by Zoom wedding, I mean, again, it's going to be like my like our families and like the county clerk who's going to marry us. Like, it's, you know, whatever. And then we're going to have a whole big celebration, obviously, like when quarantine is over. <laughs> but yeah, it's just such a strange time. so weird it's so weird how have yeah. you how have you been adjusting to the because obviously you've had to work from home and stuff yeah so you know what i really like it um i never want to go back to an office agreed um, yeah agreed. and you know what i think it's going to change the way that like a lot of companies do business. You know, I think a lot of companies are gonna realize like we don't need everyone to be in an office. Like we don't need to be paying um, exorbitant fees to like rent an office space when people could just work from home. Or so- it's like, and and for some it's like, I get it. You need su- some aspects you need to be face to face. But for a lot of the times when you're flying across the country just to like sit in a meeting that you could have done over Zoom, it's, mm-hmm. it's like, why are we wasting all this money? And it's like, yeah, why are we wasting this money in office space? It seems like, people can do the same thing from at home and oh. and it's also like yeah you know i i'm gonna dizzy daddle a little bit more because i'm at home but i'm also you i don't have to go there i don't have to get dressed i don't have to make a lunch it's like i literally just get up in my underwear and go work oh yeah it's, it's, so nice. it's lovely it's so nice it's like Probably the easiest money I've ever made is during this quarantine, to be honest. Oh, for sure. For sure. Just sitting back, relaxing. And then also, you've had to adjust as well because you also like to work out, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so how have you been adjusting because there's no gym or do you have a home gym or, or wh- what do you do? Yeah. So when quarantine first hit, I like freaked out because I was like, I don't know. Like I've never done home exercises. I find it really, I- I'm not somebody who's naturally motivated to work out like on my own. I need to be like in a gym where other people are working out and I'm like, okay, like I need to do this too. So yeah. I, um, yeah, so I obviously I normally go to the gym, but I, we ended up ordering a tonal which is this really cool, like, it's basically like a giant screen and then it has these attachments. Um, so you can do basically any exercise you can think of and they have like guided workouts. Um, and I love it so much and I think it's literally going to replace the gym for me. So, so it's just set up at home and it's kind of like, is it kind of like a Bowflex kind of thing or does it have straps or, yes. or how do it has a few different attachments. Like it has a bar attachment. Um, it has like the rope and it just, it literally bolts into like the wall. So it's pretty, it's pretty compact actually, which is nice. That is so cool. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really sick. <laughs> Have you been out biking as well? Outside? You know what? I don't, I haven't biked in so long and I feel like it's such a like Vancouver thing and I really miss it, you know, but biking in LA, (laughs) like it's just a lot more like it's not the same traffic and there aren't really any dedicated bike lanes. So it's definitely tough. (laughs) Yeah. That's one thing about Vancouver. It's once you leave, you realize how, how many things you miss from it. It's like, man, I love the city. It's, Mm -hmm. it's one of, one of my favorite cities in the world, but I guess I haven't been many places, so I don't have the I don't have the best. Well, you know um, what? If it makes you feel better, I've you know obviously I've traveled a fair bit, and I still love Vancouver. Like there are things about Vancouver that are so unique and, and amazing. Um, yeah, it's it's still one of my favorite cities. If you were to live after you get married, you know, settle down, where would be the your the place in the world that you would want to live? Um. So. Uh, London, again, would probably be my, like, top uh, top priority. But uh, right now, obviously, like, leaving L.A. is kind of tough because Antoine's, my fiancé's parents, live close to us. Um, and they're getting older and, like, he wants to stay near them, which I totally respect. So maybe at some point in the future we m- will move. Um, and he's brought up London because he knows that that would make me happy. Uh, we've also talked about Miami, which would be kind of cool. So uh, there's definitely, definitely possibilities. And I would really at some point um, in my life like to have like a, maybe just like a vacation apartment in, in Vancouver. Are you, are you a woman that wants to have a family? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's so weird because I, I feel like maybe usually like guys want to have more kids um but i'm definitely the one that's like yeah like i would have like four five i say that now like i probably will be good with one um, yeah it's one, once you have one and you're like oh my god <laughs> yeah 100 percent. and i mean even having a dog like our dog is so he's like a tiny human like it's this running joke that he's literally a tiny human because he he's just so attached to us um, and he requires just so much care and attention that I'm like, I feel like I have a kid. <laughs> that That's what you got to do first. Uh, that's what, that's what my, uh, my sisters, their boyfriends, what they've been doing is they, they got the, got a dog to keep my sisters happy so they don't mm-hmm. have to get a kid. And then you also learn how to take care of something together. It's like yeah. the first stepping stone to having a kid is getting a dog together. Oh, a hundred percent. It's so funny. My dad's just like, just have a baby already. Like, that's what you really want. I'm like, well, like, give me some time, please. <laughs> um, I, and you know what? Like Antoine is, he's been so good with taking care of Cody, who's our dog. Um, and it's like really cute to see them interact. And I'm like, okay, like I'm confident that you'll be a good dad. So that's, it's very reassuring. Yeah. Like honestly, the, the connection you I have with my dog is on another level. I fucking love my dog. It is definitely man's best friend for sure. And they're they're just so noble and they're always there for you no matter what. Mm-hmm. And during this quarantine, it's been important to have like some something more than just your companion to hang out with. Oh, 100%. Yeah, honestly, like, I think he's really, uh, Cody has really kept both of us sane. You know, it's just, he, it's a nice distraction to you know, be able to kind of take a break from work and just go hang out with him. And it really is like a little mental reset in a way. What One of the big controversies coming about, especially in the U.S., is what's the best fast food burger? 
<laughs> That's such a good question. Um, obviously, California loyalty, I think I need to say in and out. But I say that um, I haven't eaten meat in so long. Like I've been a pescatarian since I was 12. So I really am not the right person to assess it. But I feel like just based on like, you know, loyalties, I got to say in and out. Have you heard of the um, impossible burger? Have you tried that? You know what I have? And it's super weird because I'm kind of at a point now where I haven't eaten meat in so long that if I taste a meat substitute and it tastes like meat, it freaks me out. I'm like, oh, this is weird. Like, I don't know how I feel about this. So honestly, the impossible burgers have been I've been kind of like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about them. <laughs> well, it's it's hard because they're new and like new anything. There's no long term studies done on them. Mm-hmm. So like, yes, they are. Uh, an alternative form of meat and like the cool thing about the impossible burger is it actually bleeds mm-hmm. has like has like something in it from meat that makes it bleed which is incredibly freaky and scary but it's what it is so you don't really know the long-term effects because this was like made up in a lab right uh, um, yeah so it's it's a little co- to, to me it's like eh, i'm gonna wait a couple years because mm-hmm. it's still a little like questionable in my eyes mm-hmm. and it's like if I'm going to have a burger, I'm going to have a burger, you know, I'm already eating the shitty calories, but, yeah. but, but where the, where the, where it comes down for me when it comes to meat, it's the, the mass production of meat. That's what I don't really like mm-hmm. is the way they produce it in massive groups and it causes all this bacteria and viruses and it's not, it's not good for the environment either. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's, Honestly, like this is I feel like this is the experience that a lot of people who have become pescatarian or vegetarian have had was like for me, it was like the PETA videos. Obviously, I saw them and I was like, oh, my God, like I can't eat meat. This is horrible. Um, and, you know, it's just yeah, it's it's just such a it's a crazy thing to think about. Um, but I also at the same time, like I respect people's choices. I'm never going to give anyone crap for eating meat. Um, you know, like when Antoine and I first started dating, he was really hesitant around like eating meat around me. He was like, oh, is it okay if I eat meat in front of you? I was like, yeah, like that's totally fine. Like I'm not offended by that at all. Um, so like, yeah, again, it's it's your choice, you know? And like, there's definitely um, maybe more ethical sources of meat, you know, like grass-fed meat, stuff that's been raised kind of more on a farm. So there's there's ways to do it. I think that it's a little bit more more ethical and kind, I guess. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. It's like, give them, give them like a normal life, let them run around, let them eat like proper food, give them grass. And then even, even the best meats, they massage it like the Wagyu or the Kobe beef. They literally massage the cow. It's like, it's like how much better of a life and it tastes shows in the taste. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, a hundred percent. And even with like eggs and stuff too, like I get like the free range eggs happy eggs you know I'm like okay these came from happy chickens I feel better about this (laughs) exactly exactly so out of all the places that you may or may not remember (laughs) that you've been what give me some like top restaurants and food that you were like oh my fucking god okay wow this is so I'm trying to like literally my memory for this stuff is so bad like if I saw a picture of something that I like somewhere I was I'd be like okay like this was good. Um, but what I will tell you is like consistently across the board, um, I, and Antoine's the same way, like 
we've been fortunate enough to go to like really crazy gastronomic uh, restaurants. Like we went to one in Barcelona. It was like um, three Michelin starred restaurant, like crazy food, right? You look at it and you're like, I don't even know what these ingredients are. They're just like little drops of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at the same time, like those places are cool, but the best food is really just kind of like the local fresh you know, um, where you look at a dish and you're like, I know what is in this. Like, this is a piece of fish, you know? So consistently, like, that's always something that I enjoy more than, like, crazy gastronomic cuisine. Like, there is there is a point where it's just a little ridiculous. Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, some stuff is just so overdone. I'm like, I don't need seven courses. Like, I don't need my dinner to take three hours, you know? And each course is, like, a two-bite brownie. It's, like, it's, like, this tiny little thing on a plate. 100% yeah that's just a little bit too strange for me I'm like it's cool but it's just overpriced and yeah it just takes too long (laughs) but give me give me one dish just that you remember that you've had in the past that you're like this was worth the money um so you know what actually was so surprising to me is when we were in Dubai um the hotel we stayed at was it had like a little kind of beach club on the water which was really dope we we that was our first night there and restaurants were already closed or pretty much closed at that point so we were like okay i guess we're gonna eat at the hotel and my experience with hotel food is like it's usually pretty shit like it's pretty overpriced and not that good even at really nice hotels it's just it's just never as as good as a, a restaurant so um i had really low expectations but we ended up ordering like I don't know if you know what halloumi cheese is, but it's like this grilled kind of dense cheese um, and like fresh seafood and sushi. And um, we were smoking hookah by the water. And I was like, hey. this is-. it was so good. Like I was shocked. I was like, because this is, I was like, this is going to be like beach club food, which again, is just never like that good. But um, it was really, really delicious. <laughs> Respect. And the hookah's got to have a little oomph in it as well. You know, that's so nice just sitting by the water. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to get a hookah for our house now because also Antoine is half Syrian. So, like, he loves, like, Middle Eastern culture. Like, he reps it. Um, so, I think having, like, a big, sick, beautiful hookah would be so dope. That would be dope. <laughs> so, 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 last but not least, um, you're, in, you're in marketing, right? Um, mm-hmm. So what what do you what do you do for your uh, I guess clients? Sure. So um, a lot of so okay, my nine to five, like my my full time job where I run the uh, content department again is more um, it's just organic content. And a lot of the companies that we work with are doing something called equity crowdfunding. So they're usually startups um, and they're looking for like initial rounds of capital um, from investors and the investors don't have to be accredited. So like if you were an American, like you could go and put in like 500 bucks to a campaign and they're usually raising like up to like a million dollars. So it's just that initial push to get them kind of to like proof of concept usually. And what do you normally get for your investment? You get like some... So there's different kinds of um, crowdfunding. Equity crowdfunding is not like uh, Kickstarter or Indiegogo. Those are more like you get a product at the end of it. This is you're actually getting equity in a company. So like if you had been um, an early investor in Facebook, like obviously, you know, you would be 
just killing it, right? So, yeah. and, and that's kind of the the hope for a lot of people that invest in those campaigns. Obviously, they're a lot more speculative. Like these are, you know, they're not public companies. They're really, really early. Uh, they don't have any sort of like financial history. So you're kind of it's it's really a gamble. Um, but if it's you know if it pays off, it really pays off. So it's kind of cool. So yeah, we do we do. Um, promo for a lot of those campaigns. I would say those are probably 70% of our clients. And then on um, my, I started my own agency to focus on more of like what I'm passionate about. So more um, like beauty, fashion, wellness brands, because there are obviously a lot of um, brands that are being born online now. Right. And I think we'll see more and more of that. So I wanted to kind of be the 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 go-to agency for those brands you know like small businesses that are kind of just getting started in those spaces well it seems like being healthy is has become incredibly trendy being like (laughs) dressing well looking good eating well feeling good you know it's just all about being good and healthy and i love it Mm -hmm. um because especially in the U.S., like they have a serious problem with mm-hmm. being unhealthy and being overweight, and it's it's super sad, and it it can end up being the end of you, and especially when like things like coronavirus are coming up, which if you're obese or you don't have as healthy of an immune system, you're at risk. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's a lot more valuable to be healthy. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And yeah, I think that kind of speaks to, you know, like if a, obviously like it, it's, you have to be in a place economically where like people can afford to do that. So it's, it's cool to see that, you know, this is becoming more accessible. I think in our culture, like wellness is becoming more, um, a thing that like everyone can take part in to like in one way or another. Um, yeah. so yeah, that's really, really cool to see. When it comes to wellness, have you ever thought about meditation? Yeah, so I am a big, big fan of meditation. Um, it's something that I try to incorporate in like every day, even if it's just like 10 minutes a day. Um, but I've noticed like when I'm doing meditation consistently, um, I'm a lot more present because naturally I'm somebody who's like, I'm a pretty anxious person. So I tend to like live in my head a lot and like I tend to ruminate or I tend to worry about the future. But when I'm meditating consistently, it's a lot easier for me to kind of switch into the present. I 100% agree. It's like, it's almost like you have more control, more focus Mm -hmm. um, over what you're doing. I also find when I work out, I get a, I'm, I'm more like, I'm more willing to be sociable with the people around me. Cause I, I, I'm also, I'm also very in my head and I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't always like to share what I'm thinking, but Mm-hmm. What it's like you're the it's like you're so much more relaxed and and your mind is so open. There's more space for you to move freely. It's it's a nice thing. And people have been meditating for a long time, um, so there's got to be a lot of benefits to it. And you know, sometimes just sitting down and thinking about ways to improve yourself that's also a type of meditation. Oh, absolutely, just, yeah. Just taking time for yourself to you know reflect and and understand what you're feeling is really important. Yep. And that's how you become a better person. You think about things you're doing bad, things you're doing well, mm-hmm. what you need to improve on, what you need to, what you need to switch about. It's, mm-hmm. it's cool. And while, while I've been in quarantine, it's given me a lot of time to meditate because it's like, what the fuck else am I going to do? Right. I'm 100%. just sitting at home doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. 
Okay, well, thanks, thanks for coming for the interview. It was nice chatting with you about your life, your experiences, what you're doing these days. It seems like you're doing very well for yourself. You're very successful. Yeah. You've already traveled half the fucking world. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll definitely have to get together next time you're in Vancouver and have a drink, you know, catch up. Um, but uh, before, do you want to shout out your Instagram or your or your marketing agency or what have you? Yeah, so um, obviously my Instagram is just at Serena Hughes. It might change soon <laughs> if I'm getting married, uh, so we'll see. But for now, yeah, it's at Serena Hughes. And then you can find my marketing agency on Instagram um, at marketlux underscore. Cool. Okay, thanks for coming, guys, and peace out. Thanks, Graham.